This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at one of Charlie Chaplin's best films, The Kid, and we also have news on a variety of Chaplin's other comedies that will be coming to town. We'll also be looking at a crime drama about a French woman who becomes a drug dealer in The Godmother. kid, Charlie Chaplin plays the tramp, caring for an abandoned child, but their close relationship is put in jeopardy by outside events. Ian Cummings been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see what is considered one of Chaplin's best silent comedies. Ian, at the start of this film, we're told that this is a picture with a smile and perhaps a tear. Would you agree with that, Ian? I, I would, in fact. Yeah, it's a mixture of slapstick and pathos, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it, I, I thought this is an example of how to take a simple story with no dialogue, very few, well, of course there's no spoken dialogue, but very few graphics, Yeah. and tell the story in pictures with music. And, and get the emotions across quite well and, at times. Yeah, and do it all mm. over in a little 50 minutes. You know, a Holly, if yeah. Hollywood had made a film like that, I think they would probably... Um, well, we wouldn't have the finesse of um, of, of Chaplin. Yeah. They'd probably make it 90 minutes without the imagination <laughs> and the yeah. remarkable creativeness of well, Charlie Chaplin. Well, really. it was quite a challenge, actually, because back in the, this is back in 1921, 100 years ago, and um, Hollywood still had very strong doubts that you could mix... Uh, tragic issues and pathos with comedy in the same film. They doubted very much that such a thing should be even done, you know. And then Chaplin came up with this movie. Yeah, Chaplin is, is the tramp because, I mean, it, yeah. his character, the tramp, incidentally, was in every film that he made except, knows, for, a silent, couple, except yeah, for a couple. One. Yeah, the silent Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so um, it's, it's a laugh-out-loud film. I don't do that very often, but there are simply... Yeah, but you didn't cry out loud. No, I didn't cry out loud, no. <laughs> but, you know, it's a remarkable restoration, a physical thing that they've done to the film. These, I think it was in Germany or something like that. How they've been able to make it so pristine, clear. Yeah. Yeah, well, you were, you were saying you were puzzled a bit that they end up with this fantasy sequence in which Chapler, the tramp, has, goes to sleep and has this dream in which he wakes up in heaven with that and everybody's got wings and there's feathers all over the place and some yeah. of them flying through the air. And you're amazed that they could fly through the air without us seeing wires, them hanging well, on so, wires. Or so what they've done, of course, the restoration has removed the wires. <laughs> I should think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, Nick mentioned he felt that it might have been over. If I understood him correctly, it might have been over-restored in the sense that... It 
It's been said, polished up too much. Well, polished mm. in the sense he wouldn't have mind seeing in the wires because that's the way it was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this film, you know, I used that term auteur a, a few a few weeks ago, and you know, it's the the term that the French dub filmmakers who do pretty well everything in this film world here. Um, Chaplin not only produces and directs, he acts in it, of course, and he wrote the music. Yeah. And uh, screenplay. In fact, yeah. even I, I read somewhere he actually did the editing as well. So. Oh, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it took him quite a while to get this together, but it's, it's well worth it. Uh, the interesting thing is that a lot of the ideas for this did come from his own personal life as a poor boy, little boy living in London where he was born. And uh, this is brought back in this film also. And uh, I yeah. think that, that's what gives it uh, some of its strength. Yeah, well, he had a very, yes, uh, um, a background in pretty well slum areas of South yeah. London there. And his mother uh, developed, uh, well, she had to be institutionalised because she was going slightly off the rails, I think it would be fair to say. Um, so, um, yeah, that's the background. Uh, perhaps he used that and, and devised this character called the Tramp. You know? yeah. yeah, and on the other hand, it still is typical, um, you know, sort of typical hard-hitting sort of slapstick comedy because I mean, it's just typical tramp humour, Chaplin humour well, all this, the way through, you know, yeah, well, all, all the silly things that they, he usually puts into his films. Yeah, well, this was the first full-length feature, I mean, well, oh, yeah. 50 minutes, but that was full. I mean, most of the you know, the shorts would have been, you know, all the other films would have been about 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. if, if that. So, um, anyway, there's um, his, um, his main co-star, and this is a little, little boy called Jackie Coogan, mm. seven-year-old, and he gives a really, he's a really engaging character, and it gives a lovely performance. Yeah, the old boy, yeah. yeah, and it seems that the Jackie Coogan actually at that over the next two or three years was possibly the greatest child. He's considered the greatest child star actor in Hollywood history, and at that time, within three years, he was earning more money in Hollywood than any adult actor for a oh. while. There. Not all the time, but <laughs> no, no, no. There was a period there when that five. Well, he would have been eight years old, yeah. then, I guess. Um, he was earning more money than anybody else. In. Yeah, well, I hope he put it away because over the years, as um, um, he, um, when he became an adult, he made a number of rather forgettable films. But then he became particularly busy and obviously successful in television for yeah. about forty years. Well, it I wasn't think. a matter of him putting the money away. It's his parents got hold of it and they put it away. <laughs> he had a lot of difficulty getting it back after after they died. Yeah. <laughs> so we we mentioned that. Um, well, did you mention? No, the the kid is playing this Saturday. Yes, at, ten uh, o'clock in the morning. Ten o'clock in the morning. Mm. And if you miss that, and it may come back, but it certainly was coming back in the International Film Festival. Oh, is it? The and it's there? going to be play uh, going to be accompanied not by the film, the sound, uh, sound on the film, but the live symphony orchestra conducted. Ah, right? like they used to do back yeah, in so, the early yeah, days. Yeah, that's right. So that that would be something movies. to look at. Mm. And, yeah. Oh, that'd be wonderful to see. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, oh no no! I mean, I, I, I've loved the Chaplin films ever since I was a kid, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's it's a long long time since I've seen one, and I really. Enjoyed going there and seeing this thing again. That was yeah. Wonderful. So mm. uh, yeah, he was um, only thirty-one when he made this film, and um, it's very highly regarded, of course. And 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 he went on to make the Gold Rush and City Lights. Yeah, yeah. And which were equally well received. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, I think you and I will be going out and then having a look at a few of the other ones <laughs> as they come out over the well, next few weeks. And, yeah. Mm. Count me in. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> That was Ian Cumming with his views on The Kid and I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. Oh, yes, and I'd also better remind everyone that the Jewish International Film Festival starts tomorrow at the Alice Cinema. They'll be showing um, half a dozen different um, films, mainly from Israel, um, uh, there over the next week or so. Um, uh, they're, they're mostly drama. There's also a documentary and a coming-of-age film. So you get quite a good uh, wide variety of films. Best to check that out by going to the um, Alice Cinema website and uh, seeing what and when all these films are on. With me now on the phone is Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas with news on a variety of upcoming Charlie Chaplin comedies. Nick, we've just reviewed Chaplin's The Kid, which I believe you'll be screening again this Saturday. I've just learned that you will also be showing a variety of other Chaplin movies that have been beautifully restored. Can you tell us something about this, please? Well, of course, it's a, it's a whole season, and it's going to be split into two. Uh, so we'll have the silent film era, and we've got about five of them, and then about um, another five with the talking pictures era, which will be next year. So it's, it just so happens the, the kid is 100 years old now, and yes. so we kicked it off with this beautiful, stunning restoration um, of the little trap, or him and, and, and as the kid. So um, it's... Yeah, it's sort of marking the centenary of, of that film and, of course, of Chaplin's life. Yeah, and, well, that takes it back to 1921, yeah. Yes, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. So, look, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a master, um, he's groundbreaking, um, and, and I, I guess the beauty of it, he was completely wild and free to do what he wants, and certainly in the t- this, this talking era, he, um, he made his views known, he sort of had sort of political views and societal views and he, he made them known in very, very clear yeah. ways. Well, amongst those later films, this is the um, sound films that you'd be getting back. You've, you're even showing The Great Dictator then and it seems to be an obvious, this made in 1940, an obvious thing, this is the film in which he um, plays <laughs> Adolf Hitler or a fellow who looks just like Adolf Hitler and that seems a pretty logical way of setting up the whole thing of what was happening in Europe at that time. Oh, yeah, it's quite a vicious <laughs> satire really yeah. and um, this is, he was really in his, on his metal uh, with that film. Of course, you know, he was a... I think he plays a Jewish barber who, who returns home to find his shop all covered with graffiti. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the place where he lived was under a regime under this tyrannical dictator. Um, but it was certainly his chance um, when he went into the USA to, to make his thoughts known on, on, you know, the political landscape. Yeah. Um, he's very, you know, nev- never frightened. Communism and politics and and everything were high on his agenda. And, and poverty also. I mean, he'd, had, he'd experienced poverty as a kid himself in London, and, of course, he saw much of this in, in Los Angeles and well, around yeah, New and, York. And, of course, the kid relates to that, doesn't it? You know, because he, he rescues this baby. I, I think he, the baby was abandoned by her mother, by his mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, comes to love him and employs him as a, 
Um, I mean, the tramp himself is a, is a like he fixes windows, but he employs this, this little kid to actually break them, um, <laughs> so he can come along and fix them. <laughs> yeah. So, so what what are some of the other um, silent movies that you've got coming to us more rec- uh, yeah, close up over the next uh, few weeks or months? Is it? Yeah, so we're going to do one a month. Um, the circus is coming up, and that's going to be in September. Um, that he, again, the little tra- he joins a circus and becomes, you know, the main attraction, and then um, sort of finds himself loving the ringmaster's daughter, and you know, <laughs> sparks fly. Oh um, yes, yes. You know, it makes the whirlwind of gags and stuff. Um, a woman of Paris. Um, and City Lights, um, and, and this is where he, he falls in love with a blind flower girl who thinks he's a millionaire, who, which he's not. Um, and I think Fod, uh, one of my favourites finishes the silent film era with one called Modern Times. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's, it's kind of like um, Metropolis in a way. You know, he looks at industrial society, uh, and, and and just looks at the whole sort of productivity that automatons were sort of, you know, um, uh, like slave labour, basically. Um, so it's very topical, very, yeah. very topical. Well, they, uh, um, they say that in this film that he um, uh, t- deliberately takes a, a critical look at productivity that's, you know, businesses and um, this in the early 20th century and, and, and all of this and, you know, and how poorly people were handled by, you know, by this sort of thing, working in, in big business and so on. And, uh, you know, so it, it, despite the fact that these are films, most of these five, um, nearly all of them, um, star him as the tramp. That's the same character that we always associate him with. And he's doing that. But under quite often, just as in The Kid, uh, there is a, a sort of a se- more se- quite a serious message underneath all the slapstick and crazy humour that he puts into these films. Yeah, that, you know, you've reached a really good point because both Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin hardly ever smiled and um, yeah. th- there is a different uh, sense of melancholy and sadness with comedians. I personally never trust a comedian that smiles. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, but that's a really, really good point. Really, really good point. Yeah, so you've got these five. They'll be coming up uh, every month, um, August, September, October, uh, November. Yeah, until the end of the year. Yeah, until yeah. the end and of the year. And then we've got his, his, you know, his top five of the Talking Pictures era, which runs through, you know, January right through to May. Yeah, um, that, again, yeah. all, all you know, stunning, stunning prints. Um, the Gold Rush is probably one um, many, many people remember, um, where he goes to the Klondike and um, basically... Um, oh, the gold mines, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look. Um, in ending with a King of New York, which is possibly is you know, um, I think who was in that? Um, oh, he's a he's a monarch who 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 wields the stuff in New York City and becomes a accidental television celebrity. And that's got hallmarks of that Peter Sellers film, Being There, where he ends up being mistaken for a great presidential candidate oh, yeah. but the king <laughs> so you know i mean charlie chapman did it first i mean you, we yes. talk about fritz lang yes. and metropolis about me- mechanized society well you know he'd already done it in great dictator yeah oh no all these oh, sorry, films are time, worth seeing and this company this is company that's taken all this collection of di- uh, the chaplin films and um sort of um technically uh 
restored them so that they really look, you know, they've taken the grainy look out of some of the old films and this, and they really look beautifully put together again. And well, I think they're you, well you worth know. keeping I mean, an they, eye out they, for. They, they certainly still look great, but they still have re- retained the element of nostalgia. Yeah. So you do, you do still, still, still see scratches, but yes, the quality is up there, but it, it doesn't lose its nostalgia value. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll be keeping an eye out for those, Nick, and thank you Good. for your time. Okay, you're okay. welcome. Good. See you. That was Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas with news on the others of Charlie Chaplin's comedies that are to be screened in Christchurch. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. Assetmanagers.co.nz. In The Godmother, Isabelle Huppert plays an interpreter for the police who becomes deeply involved in drug dealing herself. Mary Gibson's been off to the Academy Cinemas to see this crime drama which touches on the reality of the drug scene in France today. Mary, I was surprised to say that I thoroughly enjoyed this drama, which is present in a lighter manner. Uh, What did you think of The Godmother? Look, I'm always hesitant to go to movies with subtitles because I'm never sure if I'm going to be able to keep up and enjoy the movie. But I absolutely loved this. It was fantastic. And right from the get-go, you were just completely thrown into the movie and entranced by... um, Isabelle Huppert, who plays the lead role, yeah, Patience yeah. Portafeu or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it. she's just brilliant. It's totally her movie. She completely holds it together all the yeah. way through. And it doesn't matter that it's subtitled at all because you're completely up with the play. <laughs> and I do have to say that even though you called it a drama, it had lots of comedic moments in oh, it. Oh, yes, certainly. Particularly... Yeah with the guys who were the drug goons or drug enforcers who were idiots, really, you know, and, and even in in her role. So uh, the premise of the movie is that Patience Portafeu is a, a translator for the police. So she speaks fluent Arabic and Well, she's of Moroccan uh, origin. And, and, yeah. yeah, from Algeria mm, yeah. originally. Her, oh, her yeah. parents mm. came oh, from yeah, Algeria. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so she, um, she, so she's an, a translator rather than an interpreter. And she listens, at, they've wiretapped some drug dealers, some supposed drug dealers, and they're listening in on the, on the phone conversation. So they've tapped the cell phones, et cetera. And so she's, you know, translating away and, and listening and, and kind of almost slightly detached, but then becomes very attached to a particular Moroccan family who's gotten involved in dealing drugs. Yeah, their son, yeah. And, yeah. and um, then um, I'm going to kind of, I feel like I'm going to tell the whole story. I'm not, <laughs> no. and I'm not going to, but it's kind of, it kind of lays the groundwork for where it heads. 
her mother, who is an incredibly dramatic woman, who is in a rest home and obviously has dementia or, or you know, is slightly not losing her marbles anyway, she is nursed and cared for by a, uh, a Moroccan woman who happens to be um, the mother of the guy who is driving the truck with for the, the drug drugs. dealers, yeah. <laughs> so, so long story short, um, patients overhears this conversation and thinks, oh, God, what am I going to do? You know, so warns the woman and, and there from there on, it gets really, really interesting, yeah. doesn't well, it? Well, she becomes involved with the drug business. Yeah. She gets hold of the drugs and then has to find out what to do with them. Yeah, yeah. So so she clearly has inside information as the translator and hearing the taps and, you, you know, the, the wire taps. And you're kind of sitting there looking at it and listening and thinking, oh, God, I hope they don't catch her out. I hope they don't catch her out. Yeah. She's almost well, doing 24-hour yeah. shifts to stay on top of everything. Yeah. I mean, I used to wonder sometimes, I think, for this, she seems like a very strong-minded, intelligent woman, but I think she should have known better but to get involved oh. in that. But nevertheless, but, you know, I mean, because her deeper involvement, this is in the Parisian drug world herself, she's in there with all these threatening dealers and um, she's got a for anything that she sells, she's got to arrange the money laundering for it, and um, and all of this sort of stuff, you know. And it's it's it's, uh, and also she is still working for the police, who are starting to wonder who this new person is in the <laughs> drug world. Yeah, who, who, and of course this is an impossible situation. Yeah, so she she um you know becomes known as Mama Weed because she's dealing in high class. Cannabis, so it's really, really, um, you know, it is comedic. I think it is comedic because it is funny, but it does have that element of um, of drama as well. And you know, her character becomes more and more involved and evolved actually as yeah. she progresses oh, on. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, he, and, Isabel Huppert is excellent. In that oh, sort she's of thing. brilliant and yeah. it's really, really good. And even the um, guy that is the police detective who happens to be her love interest has <laughs> kind of an idea as. As the movie moves on, that that she is involved, but he doesn't want to do anything about mm. it. So it's yeah. it's it is it's cool. It's a really good movie. Yeah, I mean, what amused me particularly was um, this came back to, back to the money laundering thing. She's getting mm. all this money, not quite sure how to deal with it. You know what to do with it, and um, and she gets she she lives in this apartment, and the person looking. Um, who owns it in charge of these apartments is this Chinese woman mm. who she gets involved with. And it just so happens that this Chinese woman knows all about money laundering <laughs> and she helps the other her with this. And that seems such a funny relationship, the way these two talk about these issues. You know, you think, good heavens, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, it, it is. And, and I mean, you know, um, laundering a lot of cash is very difficult. You know, And I often think, how do they do that? How do they get rid of all this yeah. money that comes from drug dealing? And and you know they had a clever clever little ruse going on there that she sold the apartment for an inflated price and the money came back and it went there. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so it was, and and really her involvement became not because she wanted to be a drug dealer or anything like that, but she had two months of bills on the apartment that she owned. She was paying three and a half thousand euros a month for her mother's care in this, yeah, this, is, in this yes. dementia unit. She had two daughters, you know, and, and a husband who'd die. And that was another funny comedic thing was the, 
well, I guess, the <laughs> husband had died when he was 34 and she had decided to mourn him for the next 20 years and to go back to, El, I think, wherever it was that he passed away and, and visit his, oh, his yes, grave. Yes, yes. So, yeah, she'd decided that was her mission in life, mm. to mourn him and to leave her alone. She'd quite happily mourn him for the next yeah. 20. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, as I said, <clears throat> I just thoroughly enjoyed this film. Mm. I was quite surprised. Me yeah. too, me too. Yeah. Really worth going to see. It really is. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Mary. That was Mary Gibson with her views on The Godmother. And I'm Hans Petrovic, inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. (laughs) 